Welcome to Bruin Source. This is Isaiah. This is Ed. And we are recording here in mid-October. And there's been a lot of development since the last time we spoke. But uh, right now we're going to go over the latest uh, because it seems like we have a solidified schedule that's actually going through. Uh, we'll talk about the current state of the football team. We'll talk about the beginnings of the basketball team. And then also uh, rumors of an apparel deal that is looming. So it's yeah. been a busy Let's fall. start with the football team. It has. Much more active than we expected. Right. Definitely much more active, especially when we were thinking about this even a month ago. Yeah, I mean, let's if we go back, let's see how this year played out real quick. Was that you canceled March Madness, right? And then, you know, there was the idea that, okay, this is, we'll see what happens during the summer. And then July, you know, it's the questions of are the student-athletes are going to return for football? Uh, what's going on with fall sports? Is NCAA going to cancel? All of these questions, you know, and we had our football players come back. The Pac-12 even announces a 10-game, or was it nine game? It was a nine-game conference schedule. And, uh, you know, so we were like, oh, wow, they're going to play football. And then half of us, well, I would say probably a quarter to half was – it's saying that this is going to get canceled, which ended up happening, you know, in early August, uh, especially following the cancellation of the Big Big Ten. Big Ten was a leader of, you know, making the move, and the Pac-12 followed uh, with their announcements. But again, both conferences were just looking at the outlook of what was going to happen during fall. Uh, the country was spiking in July, so just to give some perspective on where we are now. Yeah. Since then, the what was that? No, I was just going to say, I, I think, you know, as cautious as and careful as the Pac-12 has been, I think they've done a a good job in terms of navigating all this so far. Yeah. Um, it's it, it, I, it's easy to critique the Pac-12 in many regards, and even like in this, but at this point, in refing, and then leadership and the network, right? But in <laughs> even in this, we can nitpick... Uh, their return, if you know, if they're going to return to football, you know, they they could have proved it, you know, the Sunday before they did, right? So we could return a week before, right? And that's if you're in the position that you want football right away. We could have started the season October thirty first instead of November seventh. And but that's that's not the point. Is that the I like that the Pac twelve took its time and they released a seven game schedule, which. I think it's going to eliminate whoever wins the Pac-12, which will save us any stress, <laughs> even if we're hyped uh, right. from the college football um, chances. But we'll see. Uh, I mean, that's a, a conversation. It's a very strange season. We are going to have teams that will not have you know, equal records. And, I mean, to even say college football was always – it's a big – it's a big sport when it comes to the amount of teams that are supposed to reach these four four slots, and not every record was ever equal in the first place. So we'll see. But I mean, we're not expecting UCLA to even be in that conversation. So uh, definitely not localize it to us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, let's but, let, let's look at the the seven the seven game schedule that's out now. So we're we're playing in what less than three weeks, around three weeks. Yeah, now. less than three weeks. Um, and we open up against Colorado. Colorado, and then we have Oregon after that. Is that 
I should just pull the schedule up. We have, so we have Colorado, and then we're gonna play Utah at home, um, to an open Rose Bowl. Well, traditionally, usually open, so we'll have about the same amount of fans. Yeah, completely empty. Yeah. And then yeah, the, the only difference on the really is that it won't have me like crying in a corner of the, the Rose Bowl. <laughs> yeah. Zed would be crying back at his apartment in LA. In yeah. West LA. So that, that crowd noise will be eliminated. <laughs> no more whimpers, no more <laughs> classic pictures. Uh. And then the following week, we have Oregon uh, at Oregon, so we're going to be in Eugene. And then uh, we play Arizona at home, and then we head off to Tempe, Arizona State, and then uh, we finish off at USC. And then following that, um, depending on if we're in contention for the South, we could be in the football championship game. Most likely won't, but we'll see. Stranger things have happened. It's a strange year. And then if not, which is likely to happen, we'll play another North team, um, which I'm, I'm assuming is Cal. But again, I think it depends on, uh, you know, where the Pac-12, where the positioning of records are. And, and if we're a two and four team, right, and they're going to give us a tougher team from the North, you know, it, that's four and two because they want to increase their chances of that team being selected for a big bowl. So hopefully that's how the Pac-12 is thinking about it. But, yeah, looking at the schedule, what are your thoughts? Uh, my thoughts are, like, two wins, maybe three. Two wins being Arizona and Colorado. Yeah. That's, and then that's what that I'm third saying. being USC. Third right? would be USC. Because I won't, I won't ever say we'll lose to them. Um, but yeah, I, it's a, it's a rough schedule, like Utah and Oregon and ASU and even SC, like, yeah, it's, it's not, not favorable for, for us. And, you know, this was supposed to be the season that Chip Kelly had a light schedule. Um, year three, year three, we were supposed to go on a little bit of a run, but if we're truly poised to be a decent to good team this season, then the schedule shouldn't matter that much. But unfortunately, I don't, I don't buy into the, the notion that somehow mad, the magical year three, we're going to already, you know, kind of have transformed into a, into a competent team. So yeah, I'm seeing like two to three wins here. Um, max, I could be completely wrong. And I hope I am in the sense of they end up winning four games or five games, but more than likely, if I were a betting man, I would put money on like probably the under on three. Yeah, I mean, Oregon, the Pac 12 giving us Oregon, it spoke to a few things. I think there's also a scheduling reason to it as well, like logistic wise, but sure. uh, Pac 12 expects us to lose. They have to push up Oregon to, for that contention. And so originally we had Oregon State. And our, you know, our, our, our two-year cycle that we have. Uh, but with this, I was just like, the irony that in Chip Kelly's third year, where he, you know, when he began his, <clears throat> he began his coaching, his, his job at what, in what not in Westwood, we all looked at year three as him taking the leap to get us to, to top 10, to big bowl contention. 
right? Year one happens and we easily see, wow, this is going to take a longer, this is going to take a longer path than we thought. Then the second year happens, we're like, oh, wow, this might not even be the right path. So maybe we, we look elsewhere, right? And so the seat's warming up and the irony of it, like you said, this was a, we, we lowered expectations. Uh, and, and even then, it's somehow the football god gods have told chip kelly like no we're gonna give you oregon <laughs> year three and a short schedule where you and you now you're looking at you know i think what the odds in vegas put it at 3.5 and so i mean or not even 3.5 sorry 2.5 wins it's like 2.5 to 3 wins for a season and uh yeah that's most of us, I think, look, looking at the schedule, we would be happy if we go three and four, you know, for for the, the seven-game slate, and then we're looking at two and four uh, for the initial six-game slate. Uh, I, I just think it's highly ironic that Chip Kelly's, you know, one of the things in a, with UCLA being in the red, they have a new AD, 2020. <laughs> um it, Chip Kelly gets Oregon, and it may still heat up the his 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 seat to the point he may get fired. We'll see, you know what, what the decision is. But I, I, I find that highly ironic. I don't think anyone's getting fired this season. Not not amidst a pandemic and all this chaos. I think he's still he could lose every game. I I truly think that he's going to get a pandemic pass this year. A pandemic pass, hopefully. He doesn't, but yeah, you're probably right. But I think the the conversation will be even more. His seat's gonna even be hotter going into next year. Uh, but we'll see, we'll see. Uh, with that, I agree. I think two and four. Um, I think Colorado we win. Utah, I actually think we're we'll be pretty competitive, but they'll pull it out. It'll be like a field goal game. Oregon, I, their guys are coming back, so. They lost a few guys like Brady Breeze, um, but at the end of the day, they still have a few guys coming back. I would love uh, nothing more yeah. than to like ruin their season if they somehow lose to us. Yeah, and the other thing about Oregon, yeah, they have a monster O-line, right? They have one of the guys who's going to be probably the second pick in the draft and on that O-line, and he's like a once-in-a-generation player. But... At the same time, they have a new quarterback, so we'll see. We get them, you know, in the third game. I think it's still going to be somewhat of a game, but I think they're going to pull out a half. But at the same time, DTR in week three could be the DTR we always wanted, right? And hopefully a little bit turno- less turnovers than we, you know, we experience. But we, I still don't think Oregon is a complete L. I would say it's a soft L for now. Uh, you're you're putting too much faith in this in in our team right now. <laughs> it's my brewing optimism, and then Arizona. I think we're gonna beat them. I I just you know whatever's going on down there. I, they just he seems like he's coasting someone, so we'll see. And then Arizona State. Again, it's so the irony is that when Herm was hired. And Kelly was hired. We expected these both of these teams to be in complete opposite positions, uh, and we're facing Arizona State. They're going to be in contention, or they're looking to be in contention for a South with SC and Utah on paper. But yeah, we'll get them. 
We'll get them in Tempe, and we've had crazier games in Tempe, so we'll see. And then Tempe's USC, a weird place. It's a very strange place. And I would say if this was a normal year, I would actually try to go out to that game. Oh, yeah, um, that would be fun. For sure. Yeah. But we play them uh, fanless, and then USC, again, uh, we get them on a Saturday. We'll see where they are at the end of the year. They usually rack up injuries. We do as well, but USC usually loses key guys by December. Right. And that's our rivalry game. So, yeah, it's a late rivalry game in the middle of December, um, which will be interesting as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's. It, we'll see what happens with it. I uh, again, I'm just not not optimistic, but. You know, to some degree, I'm I'm glad football's back. I just, you know, I just hope it's all the season gets played out in a safe manner. There's nothing crazy happens. Um, we really have two options here, you know, kind of, or there's really three league anecdotes. We can either, we hope it goes the NBA way, right, and kind of incredibly smoothly and and you know flawlessly, really. Um, by the way, shout out Lakers uh, for winning number 17. Um, but, you know, more than likely, it's, it's, it could go the NFL way, which is right now sort of, frankly, a mess. It, you know, there's teams almost weekly, it feels like, getting positive tests of COVID-19 and the schedule getting shuffled around constantly. Um, and, you know, it's creating a lot of, of, of scheduling and, and headaches for for players and teams to deal with and so obviously and 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 that's not even mentioning the fact that those are pro players getting paid a lot of money and and you know they've opted to keep playing but these are college kids and I understand that there is an opt-in and opt-out kind of situation but the reality is is you know opting out for a lot of these kids probably isn't an option um so it's a little bit of a of a sketchy dynamic if it does go sideways um so you know i I fingers crossed that it does not go that way um you know the other the other kind of proxy we have is the mlb which didn't fully bubble and they initially got some tests but you know it, it sort of leveled out a little bit, but, you know, I think a lot of it depends on player responsibility and, and, you know, coaching responsibility in terms of, you know, the, the staffs and players being careful and following protocols and, and making sure that they're not exposing themselves to, to, you know, virus situations. But again, that's even less likely for a bunch of college kids who are understandably, you know, young and, and not, always the most responsible um we see it across the countries and in just the the virus infection rates it's a lot of young kid, people who just kind of feel like they're indestructible and and you could argue that you know football players feel the same way if not more so yeah i mean my that's that's just my hope regardless of the win-loss situation is that we can just get through this season in a safe way yeah agreed um, I think we've seen, I think the, also the pressure on us is that we have a shorter game schedule. And then originally when we had the nine game schedule, you had two bye weeks that you could have scheduled in between, right? So 
we really, it, there's little margin for error here. We can't have a TCU situation, um, and we can't reschedule games into Christmas. So uh, the kids, the, the rapid testing should be good as long as the cases are zero. Uh, I'll be, and then we're watching without fans. I think ethically, I'm okay with watching it. I've Watching football this year, college football, has been tough because I've turned it on, and there's been two situations that have bothered me. First is just seeing everyone in the crowd who obviously aren't social distancing. The second is that when I hear about a lineman who's mentioned, who's mentioned by the commentator, color commentator, that, yeah, he had COVID earlier, you know, in the year, and he struggled with it, but it's good to see him back. And I'm like, oh, my God. And then and I hear that that happened during camp. Like, I think it's really big that we just, again, keep it, like Zed said, to the NBA model where these guys are committed to to staying socially responsible. Luckily, it's a shorter season, so it won't, I mean, it's with little time, hopefully it, it lowers the probability of them you know, going out and breaking protocol that affects the whole team. But I, it looks like the guys are ready. And I, I think also with Pac-12 athletes, again, we have some of the brightest and most responsible and do like and diligent athletes, you know, out there. And, uh, you know, and as we've seen with their demonstrations, um, you know, to not necessarily unionize, but I think as long as they hold each other accountable, we can watch the season not as grudgingly as I've watched the, the other teams in the South and the the North. I mean, not the North, but the South. Yeah, mostly the South for now. Right. Uh, but, yeah, let's play on and, and do this safely. Yeah. Because these yeah, kids aren't getting crossed. paid. They're getting scholarships, and, you know, if they're putting their body out on the line already. We, we still want them to have a chance to show, you know, to, to, to make sure that they increase their prospects of playing professional, but... Not that, not at the expense for long-term health or you know causing any type of ill illness that affects a family, you know, all for the sake of a game. So that's our biggest, and that's a principle we've stand on since since COVID has since lockdown has taken place. Yeah, I mean, sports. I'm I'm all for for football being back, um, you know, and and you know, besides besides the COVID risk, it's in general a risky dangerous game so it's not not anything new to the game but this just adds another element of of risk that you know we've never really seen before um and is and is a risk not inherent to the game um so yeah we'll see um we also have another sport starting up next month um that speaking I'm, of a bubble yeah i'm excited for i think if if I were again a betting person, I would probably put money on basketball going more smoothly than than football will. But you know, hopefully they both go smoothly. But yeah, basketball tips off on the twenty fifth of November. Twenty fifth of November, and and we're playing Seton Hall, um, who is no pushover. If anything, they may be favored by a point or two, uh, given that they won their conference. The regular season, they won the conference last year, and uh, yeah, coached by Kevin Willer, very tough team, and it's it, I think it's the perfect balance. Like it's the, if we wanted to play, not necessarily you know Kentucky or whatnot. This is a, a great team to start out the season with to see where our guys are. Yeah, I mean, 
it's funny, the basketball team, and I think this has probably been reflected in a lot of our, our episodes and, and what we talk about, but the basketball team almost is like the polar opposite of the football team in terms of how confident I am in a team. Football, not very confident. Basketball, I'm very confident that we'll be prepared to play and play at a high level. Um, after I saw what, what Mick Cronin did with the team last season, especially, you know, in the middle to, to end that stretch, um, it was, you know, again, we don't need to rehash it, but a complete turnaround and, and, and we were playing really good basketball and we have almost all of our guys back from last season. Um, plus a couple of reinforcements like Johnny Juzang and, and some of the freshmen, um, so, yeah, I mean, it'll be, Seton Hall's going to be a good test. Um, you know, the, Mick has talked extensively about how difficult it is right now to kind of get a schedule put together due to the pandemic. Um, obviously, the logistics of trying to, you know, have teams fly from school to school, place to place, and try to get games on, on the schedule is, is going to be tough. And so... That's a big challenge that he's facing right now, but you know, we're starting off with the Wooden Classic, which is now playing in, in the Orlando bubble um, with, with Kansas, Seton Hall, and Boise State and ourselves. Um, and then it looks like we're still going to go through with the game against Kentucky. It was originally, I believe, scheduled for Chicago or New York. It was in Brooklyn. It was in, it was in Brooklyn. Yeah, I was hoping to go to that game. Yeah, but... Given I'm based in New York. <laughs> Sounds like that's not necessarily going to happen in Brooklyn, but it looks like they're still trying to go forward with it. Um, and then we have games against possibly Marquette and Poly Pavilion and then University of San Diego uh, for some semblance of a non-conference schedule that's coming together. So, yeah, it's it's exciting. I think, you know, we're we're a team with a lot of potential and a lot of talent, and I think... You know, Mick Cronin in year two will have that formula a little bit more set with his players, especially the guys that have already gone through it in one year. So I'm 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 really excited to see what happens with this team and and how um, how many games we win and how well we succeed. I think the NCAA tournament is is going to happen, hopefully with no disasters happening throughout the regular season and hopefully UCLA can make a, a good run in that in that uh that tournament so I'm I'm feeling good about it and I'm I'm again very excited about the prospects of this team yeah I'm I'm also uh, on the bigger scale NCAA has trademarked requested trademarks for NCAA March Madness bubble NCAA bu- bubble anything related to that so that's good to see that they're proactive on that end um but scale like going down to UCLA it is yeah I'm I feel the same way about Mick like just seeing how he's pulled that team together I don't think it's momentum that we lost you know we were excited about how the team was going to surprise the national pundits uh last March but yeah, we, we're coming back. Um, we returned Chris Smith, which was the biggest recruiting win of all um, for 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 Mick. And I think we're building something very solid. And again, I know after Tiger, Tiger, you know, he steps out of the game, our concern is who's handling the ball. And that's going to be a concern 
with the big wings we have who aren't necessarily uh, ball handlers naturally. But other than that, I think this team, the continuity, the depth, the the experience, all that put together, we, we can go up against anybody. And we're expecting a very good UCLA basketball season. So Mick yeah. is going to deliver. I have no worries on that end. Yeah, and I think kind of to your point, the there is cons- there are concerns. Um, you pointed out the point guard depth issue. I think there, you know, there were there's room for improvement on the three point shooting side of things. You know, last season our really our only true three point shooter um, was Jake Kaiman, um, but hopefully we've we've solved that a little bit. We have Ju Zhang, who's who's a good three point shooter, and hopefully some of our other guys have been working on. On shooting threes, uh, Singleton, uh, another guy who could sh- hit hit that shot. But hopefully, he's a little bit more consistent. So, yeah, there's there's definitely some question marks that need to be answered. Um, but that being said, like you said, I think I I'm confident in Mick Cronin actually coming up with a actionable solution to those problems. Uh, for this team rather than just kind of trying to ignore them or, or, or completely shifting his style to like try to cover those up. Um, so yeah, it'll be hopefully a fun, fun season where we win a lot of games. Yeah. And we can continue the momentum, uh, of getting someone like Hardy to go along with Peyton and, uh, and Will in our next class. So it's it, it, basketball is the uh, the prospect is looking very optimistic and very good. So let's keep it going. Yeah. Um, but with that said, uh, you know, there's rumors of an apparel switch. It's not going to happen this year. Um, we're still going to be wearing Under Armour, um, whether football and basketball. But uh, yeah, there's there's rumors that and it, they're sounding pretty good. Uh, hopefully they come through. If the rumors about Jordan Brand come through, I'd be really, really excited about that. Um, you know, I, I think we've talked about this before, but, you know, Jordan Brand has, as an extension of Nike, just has like a cultural like cachet and, and importance that, you know, a lot of the other sports brands don't necessarily carry. Um, and so I think combining that weight, um, with, you know, UCLA's history and tradition will carry a lot of marketing power and a lot of like really cool stuff that you can do with those two brands combined together. Um, and so I, I'm really hoping that this, this actually happens the rumor is that it's going to be a small deal, um, gear and mostly I think just gear and not necessarily a ton of cash. And so that also is a little bit of a concern, but hopefully the goal is to leverage that into a longer term deal if, if all things go well. Um, yeah, I think, I think it would be a match made in heaven and I think it would be really, really cool to see for both players and fans, obviously, it has the recruiting aspect of it. Um, you know, Nike, as an extension of Jordan, has such deep ties and grassroots recruiting for both football and basketball. 
Um, and so being able to leverage that would be excellent. Um, you know, fans will get really cool gear now. Um, I'm really hoping for like Jordan ones and UCLA colorways because that would be awesome. So I, I have nothing but excitement for this. We'll see what happens with Under Armour. We're, what are you thinking um, is kind of the outcome of that, that lawsuit? I think they're going to settle out of court uh, for a pretty large cash amount that will probably mitigate the damages um, that UCLA was going to incur. And what I mean by that is that over the next few years, right? So those short, right now we signed a 15 year deal in 2016, right? And for 280 million. So we aren't going to receive the two, the rest of the deal for the 280. Uh, right. Like the remaining amount, but we received our bonuses. We've received that, but I think there's going to be maybe over the next two years, maybe the next three years, um, they're going to come to uh, terms, um, you know, that actually overlap uh, whatever deal we're making with Nike, you know, similar to that. And I think Jarman is, is trying to line those up to, to make sure they balance each other out. And then hopefully we can establish ourselves as the flagship school for, right. for Jumpman, especially on the West Coast. But with Under Armour, I imagine they're going to settle for a, a large cash amount, probably, uh, you know, a few million. Um, not a few million, like probably, I would imagine 10 to 15 million. Um, whatever the, the, I don't know the year breakdown um, of the 280, because I know some of it was a bonus, but just covering a two-year time frame. That's my that's my guess because Under Armour just doesn't have a, a the basis to say that we're able to opt out because you didn't wear our gear when it's understand that nobody's wearing gear because they're not playing <laughs> right <laughs> because, I don't know the force majeure clause just doesn't work in that in 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 that regard for them so yeah yeah in legal no. terms I'm not I don't think they have a basis to to pull out and I think they're just gonna try to renegotiate and UCLA is gonna they have the upper hand so they'll continue to push until they're, they're happy with the number. Um, and maybe hopefully something that helps with the, the negative uh, budgeting that's happening right now. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I think some sort of cash deal to kind of hold us over um, to be able to get a, a, a gear-only deal with, with Jordan uh, and hopefully strike a longer-term deal later on is kind of the goal. It is... Is still a risk though to do that in case you know the wheels fall off with Jordan at some point and now we're kind of stuck with nothing and we're back to point zero but I think it's it is probably the smart and most likely situation of a good outcome so I I think is considering the the um the situation we're really in I think it's it's really the the best move um, so kudos to Jarman for trying to get this done, uh, especially right now in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of a budget crisis in the department. I think it, it behooves him to get this done in this way. Uh, and hopefully it works out. I mean, again, I, I have no doubt that Jordan and, and UCLA together will be a powerful combination. And so, yes, there is a risk, but I think that risk will likely pay off in the end. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, yeah, I mean, you got anything else? It's a, it's an exciting fall with, um, 
you know, I didn't think we were going to have any sports back, but I guess guess we are now. So that's kind of kind of a, a curveball I wasn't wasn't expecting. Yeah, there's not much else to. I'm excited to see you know the women and the the non revenue sports return or the plan for that uh, after you know what's that going to look like in January and going forward. But um, yeah, let's get football back and have some type of semblance of normal normalness. And, uh, and then basketball to soon to follow in the next next couple of weeks. And it gives us something to talk about here at Bruin Source. So we're all for it, you know, just make sure no one's health is compromised. Uh, but it looks like UCLA, it's, it's the, the leadership on UCLA and Pac-12 level. I've been pretty satisfied with it overall. Yeah, I mean, you know, across the Pac-12, the good news is that, you know, the, the health um, infrastructure is there to you know, handle something like this. I mean, we have some, UCLA has the, you know, best hospital on the West Coast and the top five hospital in the country. So, you know, in that regard, we are in a better position to be able to handle this type of thing um, amidst a pandemic than, you know, most other schools probably would be. So, you know, with that in mind also, I think that's a, that's a, a um, factor to kind of think about and being able to do this successfully and, and, you know, increasing the likelihood of doing this successfully. And so, you know, again, like you said, fingers crossed, everything goes sa- smoothly and safely. Um, I think it will. Um, but yeah, three weeks away and um, we'll see what happens. Yeah. And I guess with that, just continue to follow us on Bruin Source for any updates and we'll continue to monitor any changes. And then also as the the, the times are released, because I know they're looking at 9 a.m. start. So we'll see uh, where UCLA falls in between that. But uh, Oh, you know we're getting hopefully the worst times. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> we'll see if we're gonna, we have any Pac-12 after dark classics but no it's exciting times and then we look you know check us out once we record after the first game so look out for that um hopefully with with good news and our good results we'll see hopefully Chip Kelly year three if we lose to colorado in the first game uh <laughs> this is, i know uh, carl Durrell of all people gonna be uh, all bad news all bad news but with that said we're gonna sign off Uh, Follow us at Bruins Source. Um, And go Bruins. Go Bruins.